I went to Florida for my nephew's confirmation, and it took me back to the day I was to be confirmed. I was 12 years old and was nearing the end of my seventh year of an eight-year bid in Catholic school. I remember even from an earlier time that I was never a comfortable child, a warrior, if you will. I didn't know how to define it then, but I know now that I was filled with anxiety at a young age, and my, after my grandmother died, it only got worse. She passed away when I was in sixth grade, and upon my entry into seventh grade, I began to develop a severe nervousness accompanied by stomach pains. The kind that makes you think you have to shit everywhere you go all the time. On the day of confirmation, I was sick to my stomach and so nervous. I remember being on the toilet, just nervous shitting the whole morning. Looking back, there was no reason for this. But one can't explain anxiety. I eventually made it to the church and sat away from everybody. You know, quarantined. But this was a courtesy to my condition, which I appreciated and still do. I looked at my nephew on his day and am glad that he doesn't have to go through the same ordeal and hope that he'll never have to. He is completely oblivious, and that's a good thing. I mean, he didn't have to go to Catholic school. So that's got to count for something. Welcome to Broken Corners, a podcast where we talk about memories. This is Karen. I'm Mondo. And today we'll be talking about time triggers, if you will. I'm going to put that in quotes. Um, Things that take you back just by whether revisiting it, looking at it, smelling it. I don't know, any type of sensory thing that just takes you back to a point in time in your life where you just totally relive that moment. How about you? Anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, what? So when you were at your nephew's confirmation, um, did you feel did you feel sort of triggered? I mean, I felt triggered. It? In the, it, it triggered me in the sense that it took me back to um, being in that moment. Um, you know, you go through things and, and then years later, I mean, we're talking about probably cl- close to 30 years later. And you're like, wow, this was ridiculous. Yeah. But at the moment, it was everything. You know, just that what part of it was ridiculous? Um, just that, like, you know, why were you that way? Why were you so nervous? What, like, there was nothing to be nervous about. Yeah. But at the time, it was a big deal. And, like, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just something that, like, reliving it was like, oh, my goodness. Man, yeah. That, yeah, that was a big Did thing. you feel a little better having the distance from it or hell yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no it's, it's good to be an adult oh yeah yeah it's good to <laughs> yeah it's it's good i i yeah i wonder why i was so nervous well i mean i was i was a nervous kid too <laughs> oh um, really how oh, did we find really? out and now we're doing this podcast <laughs> welcome to nervous corners <laughs> <laughs> welcome to shaky shaking timers um yeah, no, I always, I, I always uh, had really shaky hands, and um, I like even my hands would sweat. Like even if I was reading a book, my yeah. my little house books, the paperbacks, mm-hmm. just got completely destroyed from, you know, from holding them. Right. And um, I don't know. I mean, for the longest time, when I when I was a kid, sort of the vocabulary around it was, you know, oh, you know. Oh, she's got, it's, it wasn't even about me specifically. It was just about anybody, but you know, that people were, or you were nervous. So you were high strung. Um, cause you definitely didn't talk about it in terms of anxiety. No, it I wasn't mean, like, it wasn't like anyone was going to go to the school counselor, even let alone right. a therapist or something. Cause you didn't want to be crazy. No, I mean, even, I mean, culturally for me, I mean, the idea of anxiety, it doesn't come up in 
Latinos. It's at for all. white people. Well, yeah, but it's yeah, it's for white people. Yeah. And 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 now that I'm older, it's for rich white people, <laughs> right? I mean, and I have like it's like, a it's a luxury. Yeah, it's yeah exactly, and it's like no, snap out of it, get to right. work, right? You know. Um, but it's funny because it's not the the anxiety itself is not the luxury; it's the the how you get to deal with it. Right. Or, well, yeah, exactly. Or not. But you know what? I didn't even, I would say, I would say until five years ago, I didn't even really have that as a name for it. You didn't have anxiety. You didn't diagnose yourself. Well, I didn't, I didn't call it. Yeah. I didn't call it that. Um, And I, I would, at different times, I always thought of it as sort of this, this alien interject Mm. voice that I knew, um, I knew wasn't right. And it wasn't that big of a deal, right? <laughs> which is hilarious, yeah, right? Well, yeah. But I would, I would, um, when I would step off curbs, yeah, I would always think like, oh, th- this this voice would just be like, oh, this is when it happens. Oh, this is you're gonna you're gonna turn your ankle, you're gonna fall, and you're gonna hit your teeth on the concrete. Mm. Like it was, all, it was there was a lot of teeth breaking about it. Hmm. For me, um, like when I would go down the subway stairs, yeah, it was always the "this is it." Mm. You're gonna, you're gonna fall. You're gonna break your teeth, right? Um, and it, yeah, it was strange. I would, and I wouldn't say it took over my life, but it was just part of my life, right? Um, and so then I was at, I think I was at a party at Brian and Ricardo's, and a friend, a friend of Brian's from Michigan, happened to come by. And this randomly came out. Um, I don't usually trot this out as like a, a, a you know. <laughs> that's not your go-to at that's parties? That's not my go-to at parties. <laughs> yeah. um, but she said, oh, that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of floored by it because I didn't. How did you feel? Like, did you feel weird about it? Like when someone like. He, I just had no idea that that's what. The, I don't know what I thought anxiety was. I knew it was something people had, but right. I never connected it with that. Yeah. Um, and so then eventually, I mean, I was able to get. Um, get some distance from it by calling it something. Oh, okay. By identifying it. Yeah, because of. the the thing about anxiety, I think the definition of it. I mean, I don't know if it's the technical definition of it, but but the idea that anxiety is not, um, is not rational in mm. that it's it's not fear of it's not stress. Right. It's not how you're dealing with the stress of a given situation. It's um, it's feeling afraid when you probably don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually made me feel better, mm. um, knowing that, because then when you, I, I'm also really astonished by the way that chemicals can make you feel different because yeah. then if you, um, you know, whether it's alcohol or whether it's medication or right. whatever, if you take something, it's amazing how that anxiety for me at least can just be gone. Yeah. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, that was not real. I mean, right. the feeling, the feeling was real. Um, but the, you know, the emotion of it, when it really is this chemical manifestation of something, you know, that it's more physiological than I'm giving it credit for. And that it's not like fucking American bootstrap, pull yourself through it. Yeah. This Protestant idea. Yeah. Cause you can, you can suffer through it if you want to, but it's not, um, you know, it is something that, that reacts to other things. It's a, it's a physical thing. The thing, it's something in the physical world. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, one of the things is like when I, I you know, I, I, I've seen a therapist and I've had the, um, the medicine and, um, it does work wonders. <laughs> um, and, but 
you know, when I remember, you know, and it, it is, um, it's all about trying to get the right cocktail, right? So it's about the right mixture of what you're taking with to kind of like not make yourself feel like a zombie, mm-hmm. make yourself functional, and also make yourself not have these like weird, you know, these anxiety feelings. They're not yeah. weird, but they're just the feelings you have inside that are uncomfortable. Um, but then like, because our society is so filled with like a certain degree, like you start to hate yourself for taking the medicine. I mean, at mm. least for me, um, because of the easy way out narrative. Yeah, and it's like you know because and and it's, I mean, in my opinion, parts of it is true. Like it, it is a band aid, and you do need to further seek maybe therapy for other issues that might be stirring that up. Mm. Um, I mean, I think band aids a little, little a bit much, little rough, a little much. <laughs> Sorry, and I'm not trying to because I, I'm not trying to like knock anyone. Please, by all means, Take, like help yourself. Help like yourself, you need yeah. to, and and we all do. But um, well, it's one thing to say it's a it's it's a tool. It's not just, it's not the answer. No, because I, I really, for me personally, I was like, well, here we go. I I have an answer, but I'm just perpetuating the same thing. I'm not, I'm not advan- I'm, I'm not going forward in trying to fix what's maybe. Maybe there's something that I can fix that that's wrong with me. Sure. I don't know. But yeah, I th- I'm so yeah. For me, I'm also very. I don't like the idea of taking a pill forever. And so for me, what I would do is I would take it, and then I would tell myself you're benchmarking. So right. now you know you know what you know what you, feeling you started with. You right. know what you felt like when you took the medication. Right. So you know the first thing, isn't how it has to be. Right. Um, so then you can maybe deal with that now that you're right. aware of what's going on. Um, but so like, as far as the, when you talk about like what the real issue is, did you ever feel like you pinpointed that? Because no, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, but that's I think, not, that's but not an answer what, anybody really has. You know, right. You, but the funny thing about, uh, anxiety, depression or whatever, it's hilarious. It's funny <laughs> as fuck. No, but I mean, not for nothing. Like. Most people who have anxiety and depression know what's wrong with them. What do you mean? Like, they know... God, I'm generalizing. <laughs> so, um, But what I'm saying is, like, I think we all know, like, it's just more along the lines, like, oh, it's, it's so hard to fix. Like, it's like... I don't know. Am I So do you mean do you mean no they know that they do sort of have an underlying think, problem and then you just have to accept that that's part of no, who I just you think, are? Uh I don't know. I mean and and please anyone call me bluff. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I think that like the people who are always constantly thinking and and have these moments of self-doubt and anxiety and depression probably are the most reflective people in the world and it's like stop like you know, we're, we're, we're in our own ass all the time. Mm. And I, I think that like, it's one of those things where it's a vicious cycle of like, not engaging with real life. No, I just think that maybe that's part of it. But I mean, like, I think like, there's like, Oh, we probably, if we get detached ourselves for one hot second, we could totally fix this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but we're too in the, like, we're too in the weeds. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know. Because I, I feel like if, if that were possible, more people would do it. Because I, I think this is, yeah. this is sort of more of a... Um, this is a bad analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Please, bring it up. But, okay. You know how with abused children, 
<laughs> we already we already went the wrong way. <laughs> no, so an, an abused child may say to themselves, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. "I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good," enough, and they're not gonna hit me. Yeah, I know he's saying. So yeah. it's it's a way for the child to impose a sense of control right. because even because they take it on themselves. Right. That it's up to them, yeah. you know, and then that way they can control their abuser's behavior. Okay. And so, I don't know if you, I because I don't know, I don't know what the um, genetic or, you know, the physiological roots of anxiety are or the behavioral roots, um, right. like the experiential roots are, but... Um, I don't know. Telling yourself that if you tried hard enough, you could probably fix it. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. No, I, I wouldn't tell myself that if I tried hard enough, I could fix it. It's more along the lines of like, I don't know. Like when I was in therapy, like one of the key things that my therapist would tell me was like, don't try to do everything. Right. Mm-hmm. She would tell me just do one small thing and do it and, and accomplish that. Yeah. And then take that and the next steps or this and that. Um, and I was like, oh, and, you know, listening to that, there were things that like, oh, you know, especially like when it comes to like, if you're in a, in a, if you're in a funk and your house isn't clean, it's, you know, just don't try to clean the whole house. Yeah. Yeah. Set try your timer clean, for 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Try to clean one room. Yeah. And see, and, and, and. and and let me tell you, that shit works. Like, you feel better about yourself. Well, you make yourself. progress. Yes. Yeah, and you do feel better. A little bit of progress, because sometimes everything is, is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, shit like that works. And, you know, I don't know. I just think that, like, sometimes, like, I can diagnose the shit out of myself and know what's wrong. But, like, I definitely, the diagnosing is one portion of it. The, uh, it's, it's like. The fixing? Yeah. It's like, it's like, um. You could be theoretical and like you could have all the ideas, but the implementation of the of the idea to do something about it never works, right? Yeah. So it's something like praxis, right? So where it's like where praxis is, I think, is the meaning of the the theory and the action mm. come together. Okay. And I always just, wondered what that word meant. Yeah, it just never comes together sometimes. Yeah. So. I don't know. I didn't mean to this be this uh, downward. We got dark and heavy uh, on this episode. But what I wanted to talk about <laughs> was um, I was listening to um, this is years ago, and it just reminded me of um, my nephew's confirmation and things. And just like I don't know why, but just being heavy and how like trauma is inherited. Mm. through uh the genes and uh, okay I, I was doing some research and something called epigenetic memory and or inheritance and like well i really don't know what all that means yet but yeah. um just like the idea of like you know there is trauma that that is passed down from generation to generation and, yeah um you know uh, i really I hadn't know. i hadn't encountered that concept mm-hmm. until um I want to say season three of Transparent. It was either okay. two or three. Are they up to three already? They're up to four. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there'll be a five oh, after no, what no, happened yeah. with Jeffrey Tambor, but... Did he have relations with Roseanne? <laughs> he, he was a Me Tooer um, with one of the trans <laughs> girls on the set. It's awful. Yeah, well, it's awful. Um, that, I mean, that, that show, that show is, means a lot to me. Um but anyway, on the there was a season where um one of the daughters was 
was entering a grad program and she had she had latched on to the idea of epigenetic memory okay. and in their family um they're a jewish family in la the younger daughter or the older the younger daughter okay. yep um and so she was doing research on uh what turned out to be her her trans uh great aunt or great yeah great aunt okay um but she didn't know and so there start in the from the very first episode of the season um there were people from the past inserted into the oh interesting yeah and so then what it turned out to be was that her before her family had come over um before her grandmother um and great grandmother came over that the great i'm saying aunt because because she was trans mm -hmm. um was part of this institute in berlin that was all um about gender studies and um you know sexual transformations and so there was all of this knowledge there and then the nazis came and burned it all down right. Um, and so when they came over to America, they lost the trans right. aunt. But so that's a theme that runs through the whole thing, and it's it's really beautiful. Um, and so that that was where I had first uh, heard about epigenetic memory. Right. And so when I was when you mentioned it the other day, right. I started I I thought back to in transparent, and I was like, did they did they ever? Um, did they ever have any resolution? Because you, you had mentioned something about, um, you know, if you have kids, then right. sort of your, yeah, it, you, whatever, it's coming out in them. Yeah, whatever it's going to happen. And I don't, I don't know if they really did resolve it, but in the story, but because of that, I looked it up, I looked it up today. So here's, here's my understanding of it. Um, so the, the human genome is your DNA. Mm -hmm. It's all of your DNA. And then, um, the ep epigenome or epigenetics are various factors like chemicals, mm. um, that they affect how the genome is expressed. Right. So your genome can't change in your own lifetime, but mm. because, um, but your ep epi epigenome can't. Right. Um, I'm probably just butchering this whole thing because i'm it's not fine. it sounds I'm good to me i don't so. i don't really know like you're, what you're telling me is true and i'm I, it's well so true. so the <laughs> way the way i understood that then um you know evolution can't happen within a generation right but this sort of is the level at which it, it can. can right because the um because the epigenome is passed on right just like the genome is. Right. And so you, the things that happen to you within your lifetime can be passed on to your offspring. Okay. Um, at least in terms of how, how their genetics are expressed. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I thought that was really, no, I thought that was really fascinating. It is fascinating. And I mean, we, and I don't know if this relates, but I mean, we're talking about, um, things that are passed down is like depression, mm -hmm. um, alcoholism, and I, I don't in, know if, in specific trauma. Right. I don't know if, if this is all in the that area epigenome, but I mean mm. like we're talking about like there are things that are are immediately passed down from generation to generation. Um you know, there's a lyric in uh one of my favorite artists, uh Ryan Adams, he talks about um inherited sadness. Mm. And it just when he says it it's it's it fucking it's like oh it makes you go, Oh, 
Yeah. But I mean, there is a, a, a like something just like it's sadness is inherited. Like in certain cultures, it's like or it doesn't matter culture. It's like everybody. It's like if you're if there's sadness just lingering about, mm-hmm. it's gonna affect you in a certain way. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Sadness and rage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, like well, because that's what they say is uh, depression is anger turned inward. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's going to get you eventually, like, if you can't. I mean, even, you know, you, you think about people who um, who are just so peppy all the time, right? They pep, 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 right? But, like, somewhere on that, you know, the, the, turn of the, the, the turn of the dime, like, there's probably, they're going to kill somebody. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, you're like, pep, 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 oh, I'm going to kill you. You know, like, it's it's, you know, I worry about those people more because they haven't had the length of time to um, sit and have a conversation with their sadness. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, that's... That. But it's, that's part of why... That's one of the things I really like about New York <laughs> is that, um, you know, in, in the Midwest and in the South, when I lived there, um, it, it's harder to get a read on that with people sometimes because well, it's so habitual right. to, um, to suppress any darker emotions. And so what I like about here is, you know, people may, people may scream at you in the street, but they'll also, they're not faking it for the most part, you know? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I don't know what's going on, but, um, I think, is it Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock that talks about like racism in the South where it's like, it's like on the surface, just like it's there, uh, like it's probable, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you know where you're, basically, you know what you're getting, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, having met, like, Southern people, but um, there is a, there is something, um, God, I don't know how to say this without being weird, but, like, they're always cheerful. Well, I think the appearance. Yeah, the appearance. Is, they're always yeah. cheerful, and, like, and and being a New Yorker, I'm just like looking at them with some side eye and some shade. I'm going, hey, no one is ever that. You know what I mean? Like, right. People, like, well, because it's, but it's considered manners. Like, yes, it's, it's very cultural. Yes, and, and that always makes me very afraid. Yeah. Well, the, I, I don't know if I've told you this one before, but when I lived in Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, if people, like the women I worked with, the women on my staff, if they didn't like something, mm-hmm. they would say, well, that's interesting. Mm. As if... Like a segue, but also yeah. like the... I, I remember one time they... Cause most people around there were um, were Church of Christ or maybe Baptist. Okay. And, um, you know, somebody had asked me if I was raised with religion and I said I was Catholic. Right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, well, like, yeah. Catholic? Yeah. Woo. Oh, my God. Woo. That's crazy. You're ethnic. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. off the charts. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm doing like a Fargo accent. That's off the charts. That's not the accent. No, I don't. No. What would be the accent? But it was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, and a lot of men would not look me in the eye down there. Because you were Catholic. No, just because I was a woman. Oh. Um, and then it was funny because then I then I went out west on a trip or something, and everyone was just so open, and I was like, oh my god, I don't have to push. I don't. I don't have to constantly do the yeah. dance of you know. Hey, see me as a person because I right. see you as one. Yeah. Um. 
Siri. Siri, go away. Um, <laughs> Siri wants me to see her as a person. Well, yeah, because you've been needing I called her Siri. a slay. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And she's a little upset about it. <laughs> and I think this time you should apologize. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like, oh, I said I wasn't going to talk about the MTA anymore. But it's like when people do that whole, oh, New Yorkers are so dead on the subway. Yeah, what do you want? We're just, what's your face look like when you're in your car? Well, I think that people don't understand that, um, you know. Also, you're supposed to interact with hundreds of thousands of people. Well, outside of New York, there's a lot more space. So when you're on the subway, there's not a lot of space. Right. And, and you're, you're being civilized. Right. So you just kind of go, you just create a bubble in, onto yourself. So you're, you're in a pod that you've created. Yeah. And that's your own like pod. So you're like, oh, I don't want to interact with people. Um, oh, yeah. But what am I supposed to be doing? Sit- like sitting in a seat by myself, commuting to work and just grinning like an ape? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it just looks so dead inside. Well, we are. What, what are- no. We're all dead inside. Nope. You are not. I'm very much dead inside. <laughs> I'm not going to debate this with you. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's fun to, to, I'm glad. You know, I was thinking about this epigenetic for a while, um. I play video games, and mm-hmm. I've been playing this game, Metal Gear, forever. And the story, um, really, it's my favorite game. And the story has evolved over the years. And um, so the last incarnation of the game came out probably like three years ago. And um, this artist, Mike Oldfield, uh, he wrote a song, Nuclear, and I'm probably going to... And he was talking about basically memories from his, I think, grandfather... And with war and how mm. that has affected coming down through his genetics. And that's how it kind of inspired uh, that song. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's that's totally reasonable. Like, you know, things of PTSD. Like, to me, anxiety is PTSD. Yeah. You know, and um, PTSD is, we don't really, no one really talks about it. There's like people, there are people who do talk about it. But PTSD can, you know, keep, whether it's like if you grew up in a bad neighborhood with yeah. crime all the time or if you grew up in a, in a house with violence, um, yeah. you basically have PTSD. Well, there's so there's um, specific trauma based um, PTSD, which is sort of right. regular PTSD. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's it's C PTSD. Okay. And I can't remember what the C stands for, um, but that's for the more sort of ongoing, right? Uh, chronic, maybe. Maybe. Um, so sense. it's just about it's about exposure yeah. So over yeah, I mean, a long term. We often think about PTSD with uh, like soldiers and veterans. Yeah. But like it's not. It's like your experiences at home, like your experiences being in a house. just never being safe. Yeah, like domestic violence or whatever. Like you know, if there's arguing with your parents, you're. PTSD and yeah. like well the anxiety is a is a survival mechanism right so, and so when you're chronically turned on you're on you're on and that gets yeah. passed on from one generation to the next yeah so I don't know it's, it's very interesting it's, it's very sad but it's very interesting I find it very interesting because it's like there's so much going on with these memories because not only like yeah, your eyes are brown or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. short or you're tall, and that's getting passed on. But, like, these, like, almost, like, you know, data of, like, information is being passed on, and, and 
you can't maybe you can't process it but you're be, you're feeling the effects of that right emotion so like now your next generation you're like why am i this way yeah because your parent was you know either in a war or, or they were you know um a victim of something you know what i mean right. like so like which is very important to go back to your ancestry.com did you get your results <laughs> like oh yeah, I did. I was um, I was expecting to be very Irish, and instead I was very British. You got yeah, they got everything come in. Yeah, That's, I mean, I was also well. I was also um, that was the hardest segue I've ever done about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I I still have I still have a bunch of Irish, but I had I have within three percent the exact DNA makeup as your average British person. Okay, so what do we got? And the, so it was like 60-some percent was British. Really? Yeah. Um, and then the next biggest chunk, even before Irish, um, was Scandinavian, which really? didn't make any sense to me. But then, so some people say Ancestry.com's results are kind of not Wonky. so hot. But also the coast of Scandinavia lines up with the coast of Britain, yeah. and that's where the Vikings came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was about... That was about it. There were some one percents in there, like I, uh, that were a little spicy, but those yeah, one one percents don't really count. I feel like the one percents are just like, hey, bang, here you go. Yeah, yeah, so. they're more like they're more like mistakes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe you find out you're just all one the one percent. Like that's all you. Like I could find out I'm all Native American. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I figure someone somewhere down the line just. You know, with, oh yeah, there was some. <laughs> yeah, with somebody. Yeah. Someone had a good. Well, maybe it wasn't a good time. Here's what I want to know. <laughs> like, did you? Did you? You got confirmed. Yes. What was your confirmation name? My confirmation name. Before I give out my confirmation. No, I want it. Were you confirmed? No. Okay. They called the house. Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> for because I wasn't in I wasn't in Catholic school after fifth grade. Yeah. So eighth grade, mm-hmm. they called the house, um, and said asked if I was interested in you know doing whatever the confirmation proceedings are, and I said because I was never not a giant nerd. Yeah. I have no interest in being a full fledged member of a church that does not view me as able to fully participate because I'm a woman. Oh. Just straight up. Stuff would just come out of my mouth when this I was, was a kid. This was the same person who donated her proceeds to... Where did you donate them? Uh, to, uh, ah. to the PTL club. Yep. That's right. Hey, well, it was about oh, abortion. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't... I wasn't... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't against the Catholic Church, but I still don't understand why... No, and you should be. Um, so... My confirmation name is. Do you want? I give you three guesses or two guesses. What do you want? <laughs> I don't want any guesses. I well, I want a hint. Um, he was the lead singer of Skid Row. Eighteen and a life long yeah. I have no idea. Sebastian. <gasps> How terrible is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's very long. It's very long. It's very pretentious. Yeah. I remember one year in Spanish, you got to pick your own names. And so I don't know why I said Magdalena. And then I spent an entire year having to write Magdalena on my papers. And so so then the next year, because we had to turn, we had to put our, we had to put our Spanish names on. That's not your name. 
Your name is Karen. <gasps> True. Karen. 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 And so then, uh, but so the next year when our teacher said we had to pick out names, it was a different teacher though. He said, what do you want your name to be? And I said, Pat. And he was right. Pot. Sure. So yeah, I don't know why he didn't say, I don't know why he didn't say Patricia, but but yeah, it's like Pat. But that's like, Sasha Valor just posted a photo. Oh, no. That's great. Yeah. No, but that's... I mean, it was the early 90s, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, we're not, we're not here... Like to the idea of a Spanish name. We're not here to change people's name. We're here to be all-inclusive, all-appreciative, and respectful of people with different cultures. Like, force me to pick a different... Like, so, hey, Armando. Pick a white name. Pick a white name. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds you know, kind of weird. That's weird, right? Hey, Armando, pick an American name. I know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I was in northern Michigan. I know. In the good school. In the good school. Yeah. Magdalena. Magdalena. <laughs> so, uh, you have any new memories this week? I do. Um, I bought my daughter a cell phone hmm. because she needs one for next year. And she's been bugging me for one. Um, Why does she need one for next year? Because she'll be walking home by herself. Okay. Because she's a big girl now. And um, I don't know. It was weird because like just her growing up is like making me feel a little anxious. Speaking yeah. of anxiety. <laughs> I was like, so it was like, oh, she's growing. And it's like, oh, my God. And like her with a cell phone. And like she's like so... Her first week in, like, she's just chatting with her friends on the cell phone. Like, all these kids have cell phones now. And, like, yeah. And they're just chatting about stupid shit, like, Fortnite and stupid other shit. Like, and it's <clears throat> it's great because it's, like, it's such a, she's being a kid and she's free and she's um, doing her thing. But it's just, like, also at the same point, it's, like, holy shit, like, that's just another avenue of, like, where, like, I can't control you know, mm. not that I don't control free, but like you want to control your children's lives for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Until they like, you know, take off. And it's just like, it, it's, it's, it was weird for me. I, I have a certain, yeah. Uh, I feel a certain way about it, but, um, yeah, that was my well, memory. Well, it's funny that that's like a, that's one of the milestones. It is a milestone. Yeah. I don't know why it's a milestone. It's a stupid milestone, but it was well, just. Well, no, because it's it's leading into her autonomy. Yeah, yeah, Autonomy. Exactly. Autonomy. Yeah. We didn't have that much whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like one of those things where, um, I don't know, it's, it's as your, I don't know if any parent, like as your kids get older, like there's certain things. Um, so, like. You know, where we walk across the street, she holds my hand. But sometimes, like, she doesn't want to hold my hand because there are other kids around. Mm. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then yeah, as a parent, you're like, ooh, you feel kind of slighted for some odd <laughs> reason. I, I don't know. But that that was my memory because it's like I am starting to have, I don't, I no longer have a child. I'm starting to have, like, a tween because she's going to be 11. Oh, yeah. And soon, like, then she'll be a teenager. And then it's like, oh, shit. It's 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 over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so it's it's a wonderful thing, but it's also like it, it has made me like really like start like buzzing count- a little. Yeah, yeah. And, and counting my like minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's my memory. How about you? Oh, Anything nice. good? 
Um, no, I've been working a lot. Just working? Just working. Just nonstop memories of working. Yeah, I have, I have memories well, of when I go in, <laughs> and then I work, and then I go home. Yeah, that, and it's nothing wrong with that, because you're paid. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been watching... Oh, or paid. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> paid. I don't know. I get paid. You get paid. That's yeah. Like, like I don't hours. know. I've been, watching, uh, I've been watching Big Love this week, so I keep having dreams that I think are um, How many seasons? about me. How many seasons of Big Love are there? Five. Five. Okay. That was yeah. Bill, I know Bill Paxton died. Yeah. Who were the wives? Was Bill Paxton? And, oh, he's not a wife. <laughs> was, um, it's uh, Jean Triplehorn. Right. And uh, It's Chloe Sevigny, who I always want to call Zoe Deschanel. And it's Jennifer like. Goodwin. It is Jennifer. No, they've just got doofy names. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was never one of my favorites, but she's fantastic in Big Love. And I feel like her character well, is... good in kids. I haven't seen that. Yeah. No. Oh. Broken Corners. Um, so we're on iTunes and um, please uh, rate, review, subscribe. And we're also on several other areas. We're on SoundCloud. Um, we have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have an email address that yep. I'm not aware of. It's it's brokencorners at gmail.com. So now I am aware of and I should remember because I should remember for the last four times. Um, <laughs> so please send in yeah. any ideas. Send in some memories. Send in numerous things. Okay, just hit us up and let us know what you think. Um, All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you and have a good uh, day. Enjoy. <laughs>